Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp, back at it again, Bob. I hope you're ready for the next episode as we keep on trucking through. When this episode releases, we will be, what, uh, like a week away or less from the Replant Summit. Man, I'm excited about that. It's going to be a great time, and we're looking forward to seeing a lot of our listeners. And by the way, boot campers, Jimbo and I do work for the North American Mission Board, so that's why we're at the North American Mission Board, and that's why we talk about some replant team things. And man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some guys. My pastor is going, Jimbo, pretty excited about that, oh. and he is doing a fantastic job. He's in the middle of starting year three at mm. the replant, and so, man. I'm, I'm praying for him to be encouraged and equipped and looking forward to hanging out with our team and then seeing a bunch of our friends. Yeah, man, I'm hoping he can skip the year three battlefront that so many <laughs> yes. people seem to just run right into that buzzsaw, including myself. Mm-hmm. You know, in talking to Mark Halleck, I think he somehow missed a year three battlefront or he just always has such a rosy disposition that he just didn't mm-hmm. like even notice that it was a battle because like he's the happiest, most, you know, happy, joy, go lucky person I've ever met in my life. I think he he uh, hugged year three and put it in a submission hold. That's probably what happened. <laughs> you know, if anybody could could hug year three and fix it, it would be Mark Halleck. It could be him. He'll be one of the guys at the Replant Summit. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at my calendar. This will come out on uh, August 23rd, which is just a little bit before, less than a week before the Replant Summit. So Halleck will be there. H.P. Charles will be there. Jeff Chang will be there. Tim Booker will be there. Andy Addis is speaking. Some great breakout sessions. One of the things I'm excited about, Bob, that we've not announced publicly about the Replant Summit is this year we will have a couple of people that are ready to have intentional times of prayer and encouragement available. Like you can literally sign up for a slot of time with some people that are going to go into a room with you, hear what's going on in your life, share some encouragement, maybe some biblical wisdom, and pray for you. And there'll be opportunities for you to literally sign up for, man, I need to sit with somebody. I need to get some things off my chest and I need to talk through some things with somebody and hear some biblical wisdom, some encouragement and some prayer. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about us offering that this year. Jimbo, that's great. Who, who are these people? They're not just like fast food workers or a custodian or somebody. We can't see. We're just going to draw straws and, and see... <laughs> I mean, these are, we're talking qualified people, aren't we? Jimbo, yes, here? Yeah. So, uh, so Darlene Dreyer, we have had double doc on here several times, Josh Dreyer, yeah. his wife, Darlene just finished a doctoral degree and has focused very heavily on offering biblical wisdom, discipleship and counseling to women. And so she will be there uh, offering that for the ladies. And then Jim Parrish runs a ministry called Shepherd's Help. That is a ministry that is just to serve pastors and their families. He and his wife will be at there and they'll have a table. 
That's where you can go to sign up for a slot to get some time of prayer encouragement. And Jim offers this to pastors all across the country through Zoom. He is here in Jacksonville is how I know him. So he does a lot of stuff all throughout Florida and South Georgia in person. But he also does this over Zoom. He has a, they have a prayer ministry where you can send in any prayer you want. And they have a team of people that are actively praying over those over those things. And so Jim has been a blessing in my life, man, during year three, he was on my speed dial, Jim Parrish and his ministry of Shepherd's Help. So Shepherd's Help. And then Darlene has a ministry called Renewing Her Mind. And so those are going to be the people providing those opportunities of intentional prayer, encouragement, some biblical wisdom as an opportunity. Because we know that a lot of people are going through a lot of hard things right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not uncommon for us to hear every week that a replant or renewal pastor is just about to ready to to check to check it in, right? He's just ready, he's done. And yeah. So I would say for if you're listening and you're gonna be there, man, sign up for one of those spots and and just get some perspective, right? And yeah, a lot of times it's just helpful to to talk it out and to have somebody ask you questions and remind you the truth of scripture. And so I, I'm just encouraged by that. And I'm I'm looking forward to that being a part of this year's event and hope we'll be able to do it in the future time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, today I am excited that we have a repeat guest here on the boot camp, but it's been a while since we've had David Carolla on here. Back during the height of COVID, we did a special episode in Espanol, and we had David Carolla and Jaime Lopez came on. They recorded an episode talking about, uh, especially back when everybody kind of had to do lockdown and figure out some online stuff, and they offered some really good practical wisdom for Hispanic church back then. Man, David, since then, has completed a doctoral degree in church revitalization. He has started his own podcast on renewal for Spanish churches. He's helping lead some other things for Spanish churches as well as he continues to pastor there in California. And so we're excited to bring David on. David, welcome back to the boot camp. It's been a while, guys, but thank you so much. Um, by the way, I listen faithfully every week. And, and every week I go, I wonder if they're ever going to call me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you are, man. You made it. You made it back to the boot camp. And we've got you here to share your wisdom with everybody. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. I'm excited for all that God is doing. Started the first, to what I know so far, Spanish podcast on revitalization. We have listeners in Spain. Believe it or not, we have listeners in Netherlands. I had no idea. That was shocking to me. A lot of listeners in Portugal. We also have them uh, all up and down Central and North America as well. And, uh, of course, a lot of people out here in the United States as well. Awesome, man. So what's the name of the podcast? The name is Revive, Renueva y Replanta, which means revive, renew, and replant. Oh, I like that. Yeah, That's awesome. There's no way I could say that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you got to roll your R's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can roll them, but I can't roll them like Batman for sure. Look, I, I have some Scottish heritage in me, so you'd think I'd be able to roll an R good like an Alistair Begg, but I, I can't seem to roll an R well. <laughs> well, David, man, give us sort of your perspective of renewal work in the Spanish church context. And maybe, you know, you've got a lot of international listeners, but kind of focus it in in North America here for us. What are some of the challenges the Spanish churches are facing in terms of just their life, their direction, and why are they in need of renewal? 
Yeah, well, great question, Bob. You know, one of the things that I am challenged with is when I tell people, hey, I got a doctorate in church revitalization. And when I say that in Spanish, they go, what is that? Mm -hmm. So I would say that in Spanish culture, this is very, very new. And it's almost like the only option we've had for so many years is to die. We had no idea that we can revive. We have no idea that there's strategies in place. Not only do we have a biblical biblical way of teaching, we have to have a biblical way of presenting the gospel and ministry, but there's also a practical way of doing ministry. And this is, I think, where this comes in. However, I want to just make a quick a shameless plug here. Texas is killing it. They're doing they're doing really well. They got some great players there for a revitalization and they're making some dent. But outside of Texas, I would say that most of the United States when it comes in regards to Latinos or Spanish speakers, may not have a lot of knowledge even of what revitalization is. So our biggest challenge is starting the conversation. And I think you guys experience this. I would say this, the revitalize and replant with Marks, with the Marks, if I can say it that way, and replant bootcamp, you guys almost made like, you know, the word revitalization back in the day was very taboo. It's a big no-no word. It means we failed or something. But now it's like something we can strive for. There's a beautiful movement that... We don't have to let churches die. So right now in the Spanish world of that, we're at the beginning of that where people will go, whoa, what do you mean my church is dying? Well, bro, I'm from California. Far, sorry. So, well, bro, you know, you were running 300. Now you're 12. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're not growing. And the majority of Spanish churches, and I hate to put everyone in, in one box, but the, the trend is that most Spanish churches lose their youth, that second generation, and they have no option. And many times, whether to, they have no option of life other than to close. That's exciting that you're getting to be a part of several leaders that are kind of helping bring this idea into the world of Hispanic church, especially in North America. And so to our listeners, uh, one of the reasons we wanted to bring David on is we recognize probably the majority of our listeners are not leading Hispanic churches. Uh, we do have some, but you probably know somebody who is leading a Hispanic church and we want to help get good resources out there and, and make sure. So part of this is, is man, we want to hear that and help, help us spread the word about David's podcast and things that are going on there so that people who need to hear that can hear it and be a part of that. The other thing is we, we were able to, to have dinner with you and, a handful of other Hispanic leaders down in New Orleans, which was at one of our favorite places to gather and get some char-grilled oysters, and New Orleans food and spirits, which are just beautiful, beautiful things. And, and talk about some other exciting things happening for Hispanic church leaders coming up in October. Talk to us just a little bit about this event that is, we, we don't have all the details nailed down yet, but we do have dates and a location, and you can kind of put this on your radar and get ready for an, a great event for Hispanic leaders or anybody that works with Hispanic churches. First of its kind, you know, uh, you live in a time where uh, first are a very rare, and we're so excited to have the first MIA replanter uh, in Spanish, and which we're calling Renueva, which means to renew. And it's going to be in Houston the weekend of October 20th. We're looking excited. So I would say that our target group is not only uh, pastors who are in Spanish churches, obviously it's going to be in Spanish, but if you have a Spanish church in your church, I recommend you let them know to come to this. It's the first of its kind. Uh, we want to provide uh, workshops. We're going to have some dynamic speakers. And of course, since it's a Hispanic event, we're going to have some delicious food 
because Amen. the gospel can't be preached unless there's good food. And that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to have some great speakers, uh, resources. We lack resources in Spanish and, and any type of renewal work. So we hope that some of these speakers will point us to great resources and teachings. And to just get this on the board is really one we want to get, you know, get the word revitalization or renew in the minds of people that churches do not have to die. Yes, we've got you and Victor Marte and Jesse Rincones Mm -hmm. and some others that are helping us put this together and see a great event. Who are some of the speakers that we're working on having for this event other than you guys? Well, you know, I hope Victor's listening. Do we really need anybody else other than Victor? That's a joke. (laughs) We're having Victor Rincones and and Jesse. We're looking at some guy named uh, David Ramirez, who's going to be awesome, and uh, Tony Miranda, who's who's he's he's producing some revitalization work for Lifeway. I don't know if you knew that. So he's going to be talking, uh, teaching some lessons through, I think, Bible studies for life, looking at getting those guys involved. And there is a speaker who's been doing a church revitalization for 30 years in Spanish in another country that we're hoping to be able to book. And I want to leave him as a surprise. This will be good for us. And I think it's going to be great. I think this is the first time this is happening in the entire country, and I'm I'm so excited that we get to do it and uh, teach Spanish churches, hey, we can renew, we can revive, we can replant if necessary. David, one of the things you mentioned and the leaders we were discussing about when we were there at the Southern Baptist Convention was the fact that a Spanish-language church is often a multi-ethnic or multi-people uh, group church, mm-hmm. common language, but... You're talking about a variety of people mm-hmm. who are in that church together, worshiping the Lord. Can you describe that to us? Some of our listeners, I don't think, have that perspective, and I'd love for them to hear that from you. Yeah, so we have a we have a saying here. So my parents are Guatemalan. I was born here in Los Angeles. We have a saying, we're not all a Mexican church, you know, and uh, because that's what people think. We're all just one people group. But on Sunday mornings, when I preach here on Sunday mornings, I am preaching to 17 different countries. 17 different cultures, 17 different ideologies and cultural differences. So I have to be careful what I say, because I could say something in like maybe the Central American people think that's a, a common word. But the southern south part of, of like, you know, Peruvians or even the islands, Dominican Republic and uh, so forth, Puerto Rico, that uh, might be a bad word. So I really have to really think about how I'm preparing my sermon uh, because I'm not going to force everyone, hey, you're here and you're going to listen to my California Spanish. By the way, California Spanish is a little different than Texas Spanish. And may the Lord help the high male in Florida because it's a little a little bit different. There are a lot of Cubans. We, got a lot of, we don't have a lot of Cubans here. But when we are preaching, it's a multi-generation, multi, not only are we dealing with multi-generations, but we're dealing with multicultural groups. In fact, we have families here from like, they're um, even from specialized, if I want to say it that way, people groups. So you have like Oaxacans, uh, unreached people groups. So I go up to them and I go, hey, how would you say this in your language or whatever? And, you know, and they'll go, oh, that word is this. And then I go to the Dominican Republic. How do you say this? And I try to add those words into my sermon just so there's a, a, a ling- some familiar linguistics there for them. So one of the things I've heard you talk about is when Spanish churches partner with Anglo churches or African-American churches, that seems to be something that happens a lot, is they're at least partnered in using facilities. There are different ways that we can think about that. And so while many of our listeners may not be leading Hispanic ministries, 
I would guess there are several that have a Hispanic church in their building or are considering having a Hispanic church in their building or planting one. I know at our replant, we decided to plant one because we, we saw that like a lot of communities, if you do the demographics, which we've talked on this podcast a lot about exegeting your community and understanding your community and almost every church I've been a part of helping them interpret their demographics Spanish is the fastest growing demographic in their area, right? So like mm-hmm. any given area almost in the country, you do a one mile circle and you do the demographics, then Hispanic may only be like 10% or 5%, but it's the fastest growing, mm-hmm. right? And then it's projected to be a much larger percentage in the coming years. Mm-hmm. And that we were no exception at the church that God allowed me to be a part of replanting. So I saw a need and was like, okay, we've got to do something about this. And so it took us a while to find the right guy that would help us do that. We brought in Edal de Matos, uh, who came in and helped plant Iglesia de Redención there with us as a partner of Redemption Church and do ministry together. And we were able to set up some good patterns and rhythms where we could build camaraderie and fellowship. Every fifth Sunday, we worship together in Spanish and in English and then eat a meal together and, and some other ways, do outreaches together, things like that. But you've got some good language and paradigm that you, I've heard you talk about when it comes to Anglo or English-speaking churches and Hispanic churches partnering together. Yeah. You know, the reality is that Latinos are, are the fastest grown group and that you'll see them everywhere. Now, I don't know. You guys know this, but maybe some of the audience doesn't. But that, you know, that world-renowned, famous bluegrass band, Chosen Road, you know, the the uh, <laughs> prodigies, the, the ones of a kind. Jonathan Buckner is actually my brother-in-law. And I lived in West Virginia for a while. And we were trying to create a awareness in that area because in that small town of Princeton, West Virginia, there's about 7,000 Latinos that no one was reaching. Wow. Uh, and even now I'm, uh, uh, through zoom, I'm, uh, meeting with a future church planter in that area that we're, that we're training to hopefully start a Spanish church in West Virginia. There's no Spanish church in West Virginia yet. So we're excited wow. to, to, to be able to be like in the whole state, in a whole state. Yeah. At the convent. I did not know that until I went to the convention and the guy goes, is there anyone here in Spanish that is willing to go to West Virginia to start a church? We don't have one in the entire state. So I hope we get to be part of the first one there. Wow. So the dynamics that we talk about is when there is one building, so we'll take the building as an example. The church is the body. The building is just the building. So you could be one building, two churches, because these these churches don't talk. They don't communicate. You can be one building. There's a church, and then there's the renters. So they're, they're just renting. I also added this one where there's the building, there's the church, and there's the mission trip. Uh, and we treat the other language, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Spanish, but the other ethnic group, English, Spanish, whatever, we treat them as a mission field. This is how we're giving to the gospel. We're we're not charging rent. We're, they're just our, this is us participating. And then there's, uh, ultimately, there's the one building, uh, one church dynamic, where there's these two churches, uh, these this building houses a one church concept in two languages. The churches function as one. They help each other. The Spanish pastor, for example, here would have an office where the English guys meet and they have meetings together and together as a body, they make decisions for Spanish and English. So to me, when you get to this point, you're really going to do more for the gospel because you're reaching 
together, we're coming together. We are co-laborers in the gospel to reach our community. David, I love that vision for a partnership among churches, right? Regardless of people group, regardless of language, those sorts of things. As you look into the future, what do you believe will be some of the the most important work that can happen between people groups of all kinds as we think about proclaiming the gospel here in North America? You know, we all want to get to heaven, right? And, you know, there's this verse where it just talks about all people groups, all tongues worshiping together. Mm-hmm. And man, what a blessing it would be to see a glimpse of that here, right? Where you can go into one church. I'll take my church, for example, here, Valley Baptist, Valley Baptist Espanol. The Espanol doesn't mean that I'm a separate church. The Espanol is just a linguistic clarification that we speak Spanish at the service. I don't get micromanaged. We work together. So I think as the society grows, you're going to see more interracial couples. You're going to see more languages, more immigrants and from all over the world. And if you can find this partnership where there is respect, where there is love, but there's also clarity, hey, we're working to be co-laborers. So one of the things we have here that I had to teach at least in my church, and I, I don't like saying it this way, but I'm going to say it this way for, for an example. If we needed something in the Spanish church, they'll go, well, the white people can take care of it. So we, we've we moved away from that to English and Spanish. So we, we identify as language more. Okay, this is an English church. We're the Spanish church. So we tell people we have the biggest uh, English church here. There's about 6,000 people over there, and we're about 400 here. But it's the English church has been here 36 years. So uh, you know, we, we make it seem like this is our English group and you can go to our English church or you can come to our Spanish church, you know, and we're seeing. And, and when we started doing that, something incredible happened that ha- I had not seen before. We started getting more second and third generation and third or smaller kids, second generation in our services, because now we were available to two languages mm. and we are available to these people who. And it's just not Latinos, but we're now a church that's available to the origin, you know, maybe the country of origin, which is in our case in Spanish, and the the country of I grew up here. So you're dealing with the Americanized and wherever you're from combined. So it's it's been great. So I, I genuinely think that's the future for churches across America. In fact, there's an article that said that America has not become... Uh, post-Christian nation because of the Latinos. Uh, I will forward that to you guys Mm. if you guys want to read it. It's really, really good. And it says the English churches should tap into this Mm -hmm. because um, it's going to be great to advance in the kingdom. Man, that's really good. That's a great perspective. And so I think if nothing else for our regular listeners, I just want to encourage you to think about, I mean, your missional responsibility to your community where where God, as, as you exegete your community, you're likely going to find that there's a greater Latino population than you anticipated and that it's probably the fastest growing because it seems pretty consistent in a lot of places. That's not true everywhere, but it is true in a lot of places in our country. And so there's got to be some plan, some missional plan. I mean, like a state like West Virginia, where there isn't a church. Like, so be praying about that. Look for resources. If you know people that are reaching Hispanics, then David has some great resources. This conference is going to be great. David, just as we come to a close, just tell us where can we find, where can we point people to for your podcast and remind us again about the event in October? Yeah, I saw I'm on everything, Apple, Spotify, whatever you want, name it. And it's just called Revive Español. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm doing it through Podbean, but if you find me on uh, Apple, just type in David Quiroa. Uh, that would be the fastest way to find it. 
because revive and it's also spelled revive. So you're going to run into a lot of like a healthy stuff, like eat, don't, don't eat fried oysters, eat vegetables, uh, you know, so uh, revive. So revive, revive, it's spelled the same way. And English is revive and Spanish is revive, it's spelled the same way. And uh, we're excited. If we can have everyone, you know, just pray for us for this October 20th event. We're looking forward to just sharing the gospel, not only at that event with our brothers, encouraging our brothers, but also equipping our brothers for the work of the ministry. And you will be at the Replant Summit. And so people can come just say hey to you and get to get to know you a little bit as well while they're there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be there and I'm looking forward to meeting you guys and meeting everyone that's, that comes to the event as well. All right. Thanks for coming on, David. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.